The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. This is the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 328. At least, I think so. Red's not here this time around because, uh, uh, well, he's got other things to do, but he did provide quite the Bayou Crime Report for you. And this is a different version than the one you might have seen on Crime Report at Compound Media, or you, what you'll probably see on my YouTube channel and BitChute channel at some point. But uh, this is a much longer extended version of this really god-awful story in Louisiana involving uh, sex and Satanism and Catholic priests. Oh, boy. Uh, Lefty's not here either because, well, I just can't stand it. (laughs) So I survived another hurricane. This one was weak and not as uh, destructive as Laurel was and all of that. So uh, thanks for the thoughts and prayers and well wishes for everybody who did and uh, got power back much quicker this time around. So, uh, more, more or less back in business. There's still a lot of crap to do. And, of course, poor Lake Charles, uh, again, remains devastated from uh, Laura and really uh, didn't need this extra storm. So, uh, very quickly, because I got a lot of stuff in here for you. Uh, Baron Void, uh, Red Neckerton, of course, with Bayou Crime Report, and uh, a new, uh, perhaps, but maybe not a very creepy story involving the inspiration for the 80s horror film The Entity, starring Barbara Hershey. So if you saw that, then you have an idea what this really terrible story uh, is about. And it it doesn't really have a happy ending either, no. So, um, yeah, uh, the New York Post uh, revealed a story for for October surprise surprise <laughs> uh, that someone got their hands on what appears to be Hunter Biden's laptop and on it was all the uh, well emails revealing uh, the relationship and the requests from Burisma officials wanting contacts with Vice President Biden at the time anyway and it stands to reason what other reason why anyone would want to hire or put on their board this uh, skirt-chasing drug addict, (laughs) and evidence of that is very clear, (laughs) not that he ever denied it, uh, but uh, a picture of him passed out with a crack pipe in his mouth, yeah. There's other stories that there's some sexual imagery in there as well, I don't know, all I saw was the pictures of him with the crack pipe and all that. So, uh, to say it's not his laptop, Now nah, it is. <laughs> and the thing of it is, when you entrust someone that's such a mess as Hunter Biden is, it stands to reason that he would be so stupid as to drop off a laptop for a repair or whatever it was and then never uh, return to get it. So after a time, that kind of becomes the property of the, of the shop. And, well, this guy began to shop it around. And eventually, uh, no, he didn't have any takers, so he contacts Giuliani's group. And, oh, well, yeah, bring it on in. <laughs> And apparently they've been sitting on this for a couple of months now. And so there you go, of course, uh, to get the mileage out of it for the political year. But, well, 
it's there. So, of course, what what happens? Well, Twitter and Facebook collude once again to try to uh, lock it down and black it out. Once When I saw the article that morning, I said, oh, look at this. So I tweeted it. No, I DM'd it to some friends on Twitter and couldn't do it. I'm like, oh, what's this about? And then, oh, wait. <laughs> They locked it out, and then there were other variations of the, that post did, and then they had to scramble for that. So they end up locking the whole Twitter account of the New York Post uh, to keep this under wraps. Of course, that was impossible, and the, the Streisand effect was in full effect. So people become more curious about it, who otherwise probably wouldn't. If the story lacks credibility, you can attack it in that way, but you don't sit there and use censorship. And the thing about censorship is not just that you're censoring the New York Post. You're preventing people's ability to decide whether or not they want to see it. Now, of course, you can just go to the New York Post and do that, but how long will that last? If Biden wins this, do you think there will remain a free press? The rate we're going, I mean, people are going to start losing their ability to even have websites as this keeps going on. And the thing of it is, it's it's constantly championed about the polls that Biden is 10 points ahead, is double digit. So uh, then why do you need to go this far? Why, if you're so sure of winning and you're so ahead, why do you need to keep changing the rules? You, you got to have mail-in voting all of a sudden and not absentee ballot. We got to have a whole new system right in the middle of the election after whining and bemoaning that the election system is broken. So let's just throw this wrench into the works. And then uh, let's change the rules on the court, too. So you can pack that court. Uh, although, according to Biden, you don't deserve to know whether he intends to do that or not. And he very waffly on his little love fest with uh, George Snuffleupagus. Um, everyone mad at NBC because, they, well, <laughs> they wanted those ratings. So <laughs> Trump comes on and does the same thing there with uh, Guthrie. And uh, boy, did she uh, chase him all around. And then, of course, the uh, when will you stop beating your wife question of will you finally condemn white supremacy only after he's done it a million times at this point. So yeah, it, it, it's laughable to suggest there's no fix in here. And meanwhile, poor little Scully, this little guy from C-SPAN, I'd, I'd forgotten the name and, you know, I didn't place it and I saw him and I was like, I, him? <laughs> so he's caught with this, you know, uh, hand in the cookie jar, so to speak, where he's making, uh, you know, uh, partisan communiques with uh, the mooch. <laughs> And then does the dumbest excuse, dog ate my homework. Oh, my Twitter account was hacked. Oh, my God. Oh, well, of course, that's a lie. So now his career is in jeopardy over this nonsense. You know what? The, the next debate sh should have been uh, where Joe Rogan had said, and there you can't argue that it's as close as you're going to get to a guy who doesn't fully have a dog in this fight. And there you go. They should do that. Uh, because the, the old guard and the political class and the structure there is rotten to the core. There's nothing there that has any credibility anymore. And should Biden be announced as the winner? I, I will not believe it. I, you know, there's this criminality all over the place. 
uh, and it's just, you know, and that's the way it's going to be. You know, I mean, we're so divided now anyway, so if Trump wins, oh, either way, there's going to be riots. <laughs> because, I, and I don't mean, all oh, the militias are going to rise up if Trump doesn't get it and all that. No, no, the left will keep rioting. And they're, they've already said it. If Joe Biden doesn't give them every goddamn thing they want, they're going to riot. And he's not going to stand up to them. Your best chance of curtailing them is Trump. <laughs> So, anyway, there you go. That's your weekend review. <laughs> so, anyway, stay tuned for our more. Oh, one more little thing. I've restarted my online video store with Gum Road. So, there's only like uh, three or four films there at the moment. Um, and I, I put up a, 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 a better version of what was called it has two titles it was it's called horror hotel a lot and that's what i called it but in the title sequence it calls itself city of the dead so okay it's nelson riff city of the dead but it's better quality print of of the film and uh and then so there you go and 99 cents that's that's that so if you want to head over to gum road uh the nelson store uh and uh, you get yourself a copy of that then uh uh, go ahead, and then you can have a, a horror movie and watch it with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, stay tuned for more Nelson Show. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Archbishop burns down an altar after a priest had a threesome with two dominatrices in the church. Hey, I'm Red Neckerton. The Archdiocese of New Orleans has burned an altar on which a priest allegedly recorded himself performing sexual acts with two dominatrices, saying the desecration was demonic and deplorable. Well, I'm about deplorable, but definitely demonic. God damn, what the hell's going on? 2020, huh? Anyway, Archbishop Gregory Iman responded to community outrage over Reverend Travis Clark's behavior with a recorded statement shared online. It is a very tough time to be a Catholic in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, to say the least, said Iman. Many people feel anger, betrayal, in disappointment, and I feel the same way as do my brother priests. Clark, 37, was arrested after hosting an alleged threesome with Mindy Dixon and Melissa Chang. Both women, and they were adult women, so <laughs> you gotta count your blessings where you get them, uh, were professional dominatrices, and they held this unholy act at St. Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church. The incident unfurled when they were caught by a passerby who noticed the church's lights were on after hours. The witness looked in the window and saw the scantily clad women in corsets and the priest partially clothed. Stage lighting, sex toys, and a cell phone on a tripod were also said to be on the stage. So, after the witness cleaned himself up, he called authorities, and all three people involved were charged with obscenity for engaging in sex in a place open 
to public view. Well, I mean, I guess if you, you know, peek through someone's window, then it's open. Anyway, the altar was reportedly visible through the window. Well, all right, there you go. So anyway, I'm in revealed that the altar in question was set on fire and removed from the premises. Regarding Travis, I'm in said in the video, his obscene behavior was deplorable. His desecration of the altar in the church was demonic, and I am infuriated by his actions. When the details became clear, we had the altar removed and burned. I will consecrate a new altar tomorrow. In the recorded statement, I am also addressed a second scandal that involved Reverend Pat Waddingney, who confessed to sexually abusing the minor. Well, that's a, he might want to burn everything he touched, too. Well, not the victim, of course, but I mean, yeah, that probably a bit more serious than this, but, well, anyway, regarding Pat Watning, Watting Knee, whatever the hell, when he informed us of the sexual abuse of minor, which occurred in December 2013, I immediately removed him from the ministry. Well, I, okay, reported it to civil authorities and made a public announcement. Well, okay, well, that's the first, huh? Anyway, according to Hyman, church officials received copies of messages exchanged between Waddingney and a student at Pope John Paul II High School. They addressed the messages, and Waddingney stopped communication. While not sexual in nature, uh, huh. Our technology policy forbids this type of communication. So I guess he was working up to it when they caught him. How about that? Well, there's some good news in all this. Anyway, church officials later received a report that communication between Waddingley and the child had returned. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You, now, come on. Oh, man. Well, they didn't necessarily nip that in the butt, did they? Waddingley was asked to step down as the high school's chaplain for violating the technology policy ordered to undergo a series of psychological exams and attend a 30-day retreat. Well, they give him a vacation? Man, it was after a psychological exam that Waddingy admitted to sexually abusing the minor. Well, all right, boy, surprise, surprise. What has happened concerned Pat Waddingy and Travis Clark is unacceptable. It's sinful and cannot be tolerated, I've been saying. Well, boy, you kind of tolerated wanting it a little bit longer than you did this weirdo with the two whores. I mean, come on now. I mean, let's have some priorities here. Anyway, he continued, let me be clear. Both were removed from ministry immediately. Well, not exactly immediately in the first case, but anyway, we will never serve. Oh, they will never serve again in Catholic ministry. Well, how about that? Despite the obscenity charges that a lawyer, Dixon and Chang, said they were not to blame. All parties involved were consenting adults, said Bradley Phillips. Everything that occurred took place behind closed doors on private property, and none of the conduct alleged was criminal in nature. Yeah, he's kind of got a point. Anyway, the fact that this involved a priest or took place in church is completely irrelevant. Well, not to someone upstairs, buddy boy. Anyway, the only pertinent question is if it took place in view of the public. Clearly that is not the case, except for the guy who stuck his face through the window. 
Anyway, the evidence will show that an individual had to enter the church's private property and look through a window to see what was taking place. By definition, then, it was not in public view. Yeah, he's got a point there. Gotta admit that, man. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, Phillips said that it was appalling that Dixon and Ching were being vilified like this. Yeah, come on, how can you be spanking dominatrices like that? They're supposed to spank you. Anyway, he added, I would implore anyone seeking to pass judgment to direct their energy elsewhere. Clark, who was suspended, has not commented. Well, anyway, Dixon, uh, based in Seattle, reacted to the news by posting on Twitter a gift of a horned red devil dancing in a sexually suggestive manner. And she captioned it saying, this is my official effing statement. Well, what do you expect? You know, and boy, well, well, that just tells you what it's all about, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You better get right, lady. Anyway, on her website, Dixon, who lives with her husband and their pug. Oh, now, don't bring the kids into this. Anyway, on her website, uh, Dixon goes by the name Lady V or Vi or something. Anyway, she describes herself as the embodiment of sin. Well, there she goes. He's admitting it. Uh, exquisitely crafted into flesh and bone and pr pr promotes her dungeon and S&M catalog, emphasizing that she does not have sex with her clients, and nor will her clients be allowed to touch her. Come to my flame, little moth. Feel the heat from my fire and prepare to burn for my affection, she writes. I've been told I am an addiction, a disease for which there is no cure. My beauty is intoxicating. Taking a sip is not recommended for the faint of heart. I am highly skilled at weaponizing lust and using it to bring men and women to their knees. Good God. Well, Dixon is also a political activist, of course. Uh -huh. Championing the rights of sex workers on her Instagram page. On Twitter, she calls herself proprietress of the Church of Satanatrix. Well, there you go. Devil worshiper right there. My slaves are my parishioners, she writes on Twitter, promoting a video linking to her website showing a latex-clad Dixon encouraging worship of her. Welcome to the congregation. We've been expecting you, the tagline states. Her services in Washington State are illegal. Lady Vi strictly abides by all Washington state laws and expects her submissives to do the same, she writes. Well, you weren't in Seattle then, were you? No, you were in Louisiana, bitch. And things are a little different down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't involve pugs into that neither. Anyway, she also announces she has recently discovered a passion for old nursery rhymes and poetry. God damn, wouldn't that now leave the kids alone? Damn it. Anyway, she collects books on the occult and describes herself as being drawn to the morbid and obscure. I'm well known for my love of pugs. Oh, well, do they love you? I kind of wonder. Anyway, and I'm a collector of oddities, creepy art, and dead things, she writes. I love music, food, oh good God, don't eat nothing she prepares, oh good Lord. Uh, international and domestic travel, exploring other people's passions and trying on new experiences, oh God. 
The website NOLA.com reported that Dixon said on social media that she was traveling the New Orleans area to defile a house of God with another dominatrix. Ching, arrested alongside her, describes herself as a Chinese-slash-German 5'11 goddess based near Atlanta, but moving back to L.A. in 2020. Over the past 12 months, Ching has offered her dominatrix services in Detroit, Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles. Ching writes, I have studied the art of domination for years, and it is my greatest passion. I love being able to break a person down, take them apart, and put them back together. My way. Oh, my God. Being able to bend men to my will and bring the powerful to their knees is a talent that comes naturally for me. Ching charges $350 an hour. Oh my god, you people are sick. Uh, and provides a list of the fetishes she will accommodate. I also happen to be quite skilled in martial arts, she says. Taught at home and not in classes starting as a child. Be warned. I am extremely powerful and flexible. My ability to deliver flying kicks, spinning kicks, round kicks, side kicks, and paddle kicks to my opponent's weak, vulnerable areas with unparalleled deadly accuracy. Remember, I was not born with a sobriquet, Ming the Merciless. Okay, whatever that's supposed to mean, I don't know. Anyway, it's not clear who arranged the illicit church liaison that ended with Dixon Ching and Clark in jail. It was Clark, come on. But it is known that the two dominatrices had traveled to Louisiana and met with the pastor. Iman said that Reverend Carol Shimra, something like that, I don't know, replaced Clark. Clark was released from jail on $25,000 bond. Ching and Dixon posted bonds of $7,500. Well, damn, why'd they get off so easy? Anyway, all three could face six months to three years in prison if convicted of obscenity. Church law says that when sacred places are violated, they must be repaired by penitential right before they can be used again. Well, there you go. Just a couple of more freaks reserving rooms in hell. You know, you people up in Washington State, y'all just stay up there. We don't need your yep down here. Huh? Way, no way, no how. Anyway, for the Bayou Crime Report, I'm Red Neckerton, reminding you to keep your goddamn holes clean. Next time on a special My Brother's Keeper. Telling you, Earl, uh, Daddy's old house is haunted. It's haunted. Today. Damn it, Daryl! I'd be mad at you if I thought you were disgracing Daddy's memory. But I have to realize you're too stupid to know any better. How the hell you know Daddy's haunting his old place? Yeah, well, we were working on the bathroom. I was here by myself. I kept hearing creaks and noises didn't make no sense, and I said, "Daddy." Is that you? I swear I could hear his voice. What did he say? He said, 
Of course it's me, dumbass. Who else could it be? <laughs> Why the hell would Daddy appear to you and not me? Now, I don't really believe in all this supernatural hocus-pocus voodoo BS, but even I must admit, there are some things I cannot explain. So, I figured we'd look into this, because as it turns out, my old buddy Bubba James from the Army is an expert in the paranormal science. So... I'm going to let him be the last word on this after he does his investigation of the old house. <laughs> yeah, Bubba James will show you. He got all that equipment and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, believe in ghosts and spirits and all that. I mean, come on. How do you explain certain strange things? I mean, it's like uh, every now and then I lose my keys <laughs> and I go looking for it all over the place. And when I end up finding it is right back where I left it. <laughs> I mean, how does that happen? You tell me. <laughs> I bet Bubba Jean's going to find out. <laughs> uh. My name is Bubba James. For the past 11 years, I have worked in the air conditioning and plumbing business. And on the side, I am what you might call an amateur paranormal investigator. Since the scientists just will not recognize this science, it is uh, very difficult to get any kind of certification or what have you to uh, claim any kind of professionalism. But for the past five years, I've been actively investigating certain paranormal incidents. And for a small fee, I will investigate your property to determine whether or not it is indeed haunted. Yeah, you see, brother, this door here, it, it, it's always swinging and shut and open on its own. What's the explanation for that one? Well, Daryl, I looked at that one, but it looks like you got a case of some loose hinges, so that door's just going to swing on its own, and I think that pretty much debunks that theory. I don't think that's any evidence whatsoever of paranormal activity. <laughs> God damn. Should have well, known. Should have yeah, known. Yeah, come, it's mostly warm in the rest of the house, but it's always icy cold right here in Daddy's bedroom. Oh, yeah, Daryl, come hey, on, no, give no, it no, up. No, that's a serious indicator. Uh, we gotta what? set up in there and uh, do a, do an EVP. Oh, what? Uh, Will Earl, that's what's called a, a electronic voice phenomenon. What you do is, is you uh, record in a particular room or environment, and you play it back to determine if it picked up any kind of voices from a paranormal entity. All right. Okay, you're good to go. Uh, I need you guys to call out to him. Hey, Danny. Hey, Daddy, it's it, it, Daryl. Daddy, you here? Daddy, Daddy, it's Earl. Just, you know, give us a sign just so we'll let us know you're still here with us. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, play it back, see what we got. Hey, Daddy, hey, Daddy, it, it, it's Daryl. Daddy, you here? Daddy, Daddy, it's Earl. Just, you know, give us a sign. Just so we let us know you're still here with us. Oh, man, this is nothing but a sham. I didn't hear nothing in there. Come on now. Now, hold on, brother. We got one more test we can do. I can load up this audio and watch it on the, uh, the software because it'll show a graph of the sound. And we'll see if there's any anomalies in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, analogies. You got to look for the analogies there. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. Daddy, you here? Daddy. Daddy, it's Earl. Just, 
Oh, no, wait, 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 Trying to hear what it was. It could yeah, be yeah, a man. Uh, 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 Come uh, on, right. man. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to isolate it even more right on the anomaly, then loop it and amplify it some more so there's no doubt what the message was. Hey, Turl. Just, you know. Hey, hey Turl. Wait a minute. Oh, that did not sound know. like no hey, one Gerald. talking. That just, sounds like saying hey, Yeah. What the hell? I kind of ripped hey, one Gerald. at that point. I forgot about that. Hey, <laughs> oh, man. Just, I thought it was hey, a silent Gerald. one. But I guess it just, made a little noise that the mic picked hey, up. That's next time you know, on a special Halloween episode of My Brother's Keeper on TLC. You sweat, but you don't dare move. You want to scream, but you can't. Terror grips every nerve in your body, and your heart is beating so fast, it feels like your eardrums are going to burst. You swallow hard, and you realize there is nothing you can do but wait and squirm. Now American International Pictures presents Squirm, the ultimate horror. Millions of writhing, seething creatures oozing out of the mire, shocked into a frenzy by 100,000 volts of electricity, driven by an uncontrollable urge to feed on human flesh. Squirm, rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. Great displays of vanity, Night Night. What's that you're wearing? Why, it's the Night Night T-shirt, Bobo. Well, where'd you get that? Well, I got it at the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com. There you can find your Night Night T-shirts and other products that Mr. Nelson provides. Huh, look at this one. It shows you staring at the flying pig's butt. <laughs> Shut up, Bobo, damn it. <sighs> Anyway, folks, if you want your night-night t-shirt, head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com and order your night-night shirt today. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Was Doris Bither... Tormented by poltergeists? Perhaps. But maybe not. Doris Bither's story is possibly one of the most terrifying and well-documented paranormal accounts. Not only was she repeatedly plagued by three poltergeists, but these three poltergeists raped her on several occasions. And many of these events were witnessed by doctoral researchers from the University of California. In August of 1974, Dr. Barry Tapp, a doctor in psychophysiology, a 
biomedical engineer and a world-renowned parapsychologist was discussing issues related to his latest case with an associate while browsing books at the local bookstore. Doris Bither overheard the conversation and approached Dr. Tapp, telling him that her house was haunted and she needed help. He agreed to investigate and at the time thought it would be another standard case no different than his hundreds of other reports. Arriving at Doris's home at 11547 Braddock Drive, Dr. Taft noted that the home was in a state of squalor. Doris was a single mother living with her adolescent daughter and her three sons. In her initial discussions with Doris, Dr. Taft reported that she was the victim of an abusive childhood and to that day was demonstrating symptoms of a deep psychological trauma. Although he didn't immediately dismiss the case, these discoveries added to his skepticism and possibly heightened the degree of investigation. The children first told Dr. Taff about the entity they called Mr. Who's It, which all four had claimed to witness on numerous occasions. He noted that their depictions were remarkably accurate, not just matching each other's but also in details commonly attributed to entities from his other cases. In 2009, Ghost Theory conducted an interview with Doris's middle son, Brian Harris, who stated, We all experienced some form of attack. There was the pushing, biting, and scratching being done to us. There were about four entities in the home, and they made themselves known by appearing all the time. I think it took a lot of energy for them to do that. He described the entities as follows. It was always like a fog, like a human, but not quite. During one incident, Brian, who was in his early teens at the time, attempted to intervene in his mother's attack and was thrown across the room. Reading the full interview is guaranteed to send some chills down your spine. Doris described her attack saying that there were in fact three entities, two smaller ones that would hold her down while the third larger entity raped her. These attacks left marks on Doris's body indicative of a rape, including bruises on her inner thighs and throat. The combined testimony of the family convinced Dr. Taft to establish a base for the monitoring of the paranormal phenomenon in the house. He brought in specialized lighting, cameras, and audio recording equipment as well as a team of colleagues from UCLA on their first formal investigation of the entity plaguing Doris Bither. Dr. Taft requested that she attempt an appearance by provoking the beings, which she did. The results were astounding. Lights appeared to shoot through the room around in midair. Many were caught on film and all of this was witnessed by the 20-something researchers present. In 1982, the events that took place at 11547 Braddock Drive were recreated in the movie The Entity. However, many liberties were taken with regard to the portrayal of Dr. Taft's study of the actual entity going so far as to depict the team capturing the entity. In reality, Dr. Taft and his team did everything they could for Doris Bither and her family. But in the end, the Bither family moved away, first to San Bernardino, California, then Texas, and finally, back to San Bernardino. With each new move, the entity followed Doris Bither and her family. In the late 1980s, her children now grown, Doris disappeared.
1995, the entity's real-life victim, Doris Bither, also known as Doris Donner and Doris McGowan, passed away at the age of 58 of cardiopulmonary failure. While it was stated that her death was the result of multiple organ failure, the precise cause of Doris Bither's untimely death was never medically determined. So, was Doris Bither a woman with deep psychological trauma, or was she the victim of torture at the hands or ethereal hands of a supernatural demonic force? Perhaps, but maybe not. Tonight, meet the twisted genius of Edgar Allan Poe. Experience a terrifying tale of druid witchcraft and the scream that kills. Cry of the Banshee. American International presents new heights in horror never before filmed. Vincent Price stars of this new adventure in Terror and Torture. Don't miss Cry of the Banshee. You'll learn to fear it. Rated GP. And now it's time for the adventures of the Baron In our last episode... Baron Void and Biddy Finder Claire managed to escape from a gang of thugs after Baron Void fried them all with his electro gun. But as soon as they were done with that, suddenly they were pursued by a drone from the think tanks. Once again, Baron Void dispatched the drone with his electro gun, and the two of them headed back to the pan van, only to find it surrounded by think tanks. Unauthorized vehicle located. Unknown power source detected. Anomaly. Anomaly. Unknown power source generated from unauthorized vehicle. Confiscate unauthorized vehicle and transport to base for further examination. I obey. Alert. Alert. Report. Electromagnetic activity detected within the vicinity of last known location of drone century. Detailed drone sensor report. Unable to comply. Why the hell not? Uh, it, a logical assumption is the drone sensory was destroyed. Assumptions are inefficient when you assume you make an ass of you and me. I, I fail to see where such snobbery gets us anywhere. You fail to see a great deal. Again, assumption is inefficient. It requires confirmation. You will locate the drone sentry and investigate. I understood. I was barely stipulating that there's a certain efficiency amicable tongues. While the think tanks were investigating the pan van, Baron Void and Biddy Fantaclair were hiding not too far away within some bombed-out ruins. Damn it! Think tanks have got the pan van surrounded! Oh, but, 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 there's only what appears to be four or five of them, yes, perhaps with the electro gun. Oh, Billy, the electro gun is nearly out of charge, remember? We oh. had to deal with those ruffians yes. and that diabolical oh. drone. Oh, but, Papa, they're going to steal the pan van! Yes, I know, Billy dear, but we really have no choice. We simply have to stay out of sight and track them to see where they take the pan van. 
and then await for the opportunity to retrieve oh, it. Papa, they might destroy it in the meantime. Well, it's oh, a risk. We need to distract him, and you can what? make use of whatever charge you have left in the electric gun. Oh, no, that's too oh, dangerous, well, Betty. I can retrieve the pan and we make good our escape. Oh, Betty, no, that's that's even more risky. No, we simply... It's risky to say, but... No, Betty, wait! Stand back, you foul machine! Stand back, you are in one more approach, and you'll give another one to me! Electro weapon failure, the threat is neutralized. Seize them! No! Surrender! Electro weapon of timekeeper design. Timekeepers are the enemy of think tanks. You will be interrogated. Really? Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's going to be a very boring conversation because you will not get a peep out of me, except for the occasional wit and snappy comeback. Other than that, no, not a peep. I assure you we have means of making you talk. For instance, I detect that you have some feelings for the female. Oh. Perhaps if we were to interrogate her first oh, no. in front of you, you might be compelled to be more talkative. Oh, damn it. Please don't hurt the girl. I'll... I'll answer your questions. Oh, no, Papa, no. I'm sorry, Biddy, but I can't... Oh, get covered! Get covered! Get down! We are under attack. Oh, no. Who could be attacking the think tanks? And what of Cliff and Lola? Where are they during all of this? Perhaps one question answers the other. Well, you'll just have to find out in the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Baron Boy! Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they'll be promptly ignored and or blocked.